Hello, welcome to the Retro Rejects. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the uh, the masterpiece, the, the excellence that was Beetlejuice. Don't say his name. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Thundercats. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah, you, you, you picked Beetlejuice for this week's. Yeah, it's um, just been ages since I've seen it and I wanted to see, was it like, did it hold up? Was it as good as I remember? Was it worse than I remember? Was it hilarious or what? Mm. So, what did you make of it? Terrible. <laughs> Piece of <laughs> End shit. End of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it, it holds up exceptionally well. Mm. Um... The, as well like what we were saying after we looked at it because it's that film where it's in the, the hour and a half sweet spot mm. I think where most films were an hour and a half and it was or even less yeah that was yeah. it yeah. whereas nowadays I think yeah. it's the same thing where he, it's a game and his experience in it now where people are starting to equate uh, value with uh, yeah, the length yeah. of something, yeah. Which doesn't necessarily, like, I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a three hour film if it warrants if it's it. Good, exactly, yeah. If, it's, n- if the script calls for it or if the plot line calls for yeah, it. Yeah, now you're seeing like some terrible Marvel movies that are like two and a half hours long just because it's. Yeah, and I, I think it's probably just a, a reaction maybe to. Um, the development of like kind of long run series shows if you know what I mean they're kind of like oh people are used to binge watching mm. series so like oh we'll, we'll better do it well, like yeah. a small mini series all in one thing it, it, it started happening with gaming a while mm. ago because it was this thing where people I, I think some games like say Assassin's Creed and all those were fairly guilty of it whereas like the first couple of Assassin's Creed games were like say six hours long mm-hmm. eight hours long maybe at a bottom thing um, I suppose the open world thing started kicking in and people were like oh well if the game is only like and of course they always listen to the idiots because the idiots are always the most vocal yeah where they're like oh the well yeah I'm not playing it if it's only four hours long that's a waste of my where it's like four hour long experience that's really good is better than a 30 hour long experience which that's is awful tedious and yeah. boring and dragged out for no apparent mm. reason yeah. but now it just seems to have infected movies so it was really nice to go back and to look at a film that was 90 minutes long mm. and it all the 90 minutes something happened you know it's yeah, just it's rollicking uh, along yeah. at a decent pace like, it's yeah. not like they took like a half an hour to kind of like just discuss like Beetlejuice's motivations or although um, funnily enough was it something like the 50 minute mark that Beetlejuice finally yeah showed? yeah yeah that was yeah I forgot yeah. about that yeah we, were, we kind of made note of that because and, and like it got to that 50 minute mark very very quick felt like it did yeah but yeah. It, it, it equally didn't feel dragged out like they're giving a load of backstory or anything mm-hmm. like that that was you know not well, necessary you didn't need it like but yeah they gave just enough backstory and I mean I think he cares just as much about the shenanigans of the various families involved as he did yeah when Beetlejuice shows up it's because they were just good characters mm. you didn't need to know all their back you, you got enough yeah um, which is like the way most good movies are you don't need to know fucking like yeah what happened to them when they were like seven and how it developed like I mean yeah. they, they just signal it really loudly like I mean basically for anyone who doesn't know there's a, a couple own a house and they're you know sort of nice kind of 
run of the mill couple, but they actually end up uh, dying. Their car drives off a bridge. And even with that, if that mm. was done nowadays, I think it'd be a really gory death. Mm. Whereas I forgot how kind of, yeah, it was like the car plummets like maybe two foot. Yeah. Or what looks, and you, you know, and it's not even fast. Yeah. And as well, like, I mean, it is kind of a horror film, so you'd expect mm. it to be a bit horror, horrific. I think the original like version of it mm. was like a fairly gory death, but yeah. I think they kind of went, no way. Yeah, they just kind of lost over because yeah. I suppose it's a little bit more kid friendly that mm. way as well. But like the the family that move into the house, you get what you need to know about them with just even the way they're dressed. Like the kid arrives and she's dressed in like over the top goss black dress, mm. and she's like, "I am so depressed and so lonely. Oh, woe is me!" And that's it. You know what kind of a character mm. she is. She's writing poetry and stuff. The mother is just, you know, a wild sort of, you know, wearing all of her mad clothes and all the rest. And she's a fashionista and an artist from like New York. And, you know, she's essentially like she is the same character the whole way through to Shit's Creek, basically. But do you know the whole thing with the family that move in the Deeds, wasn't it? Mm. Um, It's I remember seeing this when I was younger and thinking of them as being nearly the villains of the piece. Yeah. Whereas when you look at it now, it's like, they're not, they're actually nice enough family. Even like, she's just like a New York type artist, mm. kind of like that. They would have portrayed a lot of times in 80s movies. Yeah. Um, And he's like this businessman, which I never really say what he does, but he just needs to de-stress. And he just wants to move to the country. And yeah. He's quite life with his wife and his but daughter. But they're nice. And even at the end where they summon um mm. uh, Gina Davis and uh, fucking what's Alec his name? Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah, which I'd forgotten it was him entirely. Mm. Actually, and they see thing. that they're actually hurting they get really upset mm-hmm. you know they're like stop it you know your man Odo or Odo that like he's like I don't know how to you know they, mm. they didn't have malicious intent and they're not like the bad guys in it yeah they just said they kind of thought it'd be cool to have ghosts like yeah. that they could actually you know oh have a haunted house and as well team. in fairness they did buy the house so they're entitled Plus to do it whatever they want it's not like they're these evil people that are like just after you know yeah it's not like they could that's the thing I mean like if you actually if you look at it from the other point of view most exorcism possessions you know sort of uh, poltergeist type mm. things they're a family are kind of like oh we're being run out of our own home by ghosts and yeah. like this is just kind of a you know it a feel for it. them yeah, yeah it flips it on his head whereas like the poor poltergeist are Beetlejuice like, is a bio-exorcist yeah there you yeah. go exactly but you know what I mean it's just if you look at it from another perspective they're just it's a very 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 smart movie there's Mm. a lot of different bits and it's a comedy it's a horror Mm. and even like stuff it's very slapstick as well which would appeal to kids you know yeah but they, even like after they die and then there's the they find like a booklet Mm. telling the handbook for the handbook for the recently deceased yeah and it's done and you don't really see too much of it anymore I think in the 80s there was it must have been like what happens there's always this throwback to stuff 30 years ago mm-hmm. and in the 80s I think there must have been but we probably didn't realise that there was probably a throwback to the 50s because mm-hmm. it's that style of illustration on that yeah. kind of book um, nearly like the Jetsons yeah um, look I can't do that. there was a famous artist that used to draw like that uh, that did a lot of cartoons and stuff from that era um, and if you see like automobile ads like for Ford from that yeah. from the 50s it was all and done they're in that the, style yeah, they're futuristic kind of ads yeah. and all so you know it was very smart mm-hmm. I think the way there, there was that kind of retro kind of feel to it Let's see what I did there yeah. um, or hear what I did there yeah. But uh, when they go to the afterlife, uh, yeah. with it, I, I didn't pick up on it when I was younger as well, where it was like all the people that were working in these civil servant 
jobs were after killing themselves. Mm. So it was like punishment, punishment in the yeah. afterlife. Yeah. And they were all sort of, um, they're all kind of dreary. A lot of, well, I suppose a lot of them, they're all kind of dreary, like flattened, deflated characters that were actually mm. like pegged up on mines because they weren't even able to walk anymore. And just that kind of reminds me of the civil service. It's like, mm. you know, sort of they've no legs, they can't support themselves. They're just like fucking these, uh, they're just basically being wheeled from one place mm. to another, like with no free will of their own, just drones, I suppose, really. You mm. know? Well, Which is the part, you know, that's always a stereotype. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just the whole um, the, the, the the construction of the whole thing with the afterlife as well I don't know if you picked up on it so there's a whole thing for people who haven't seen if you haven't seen Beetlejuice like Can I don't do know it? yeah, yeah. Where um, have you been? but uh, when they're in their own house the Maitlands the family mm-hmm. that got killed when they're ghosts they can't actually leave the house and apparently they have to stay there for 125 years or something mm-hmm. like that but when they do step outside they get transported to Saturn and there's like these sandworms that attack mm-hmm. them but they only briefly mentioned that mm. in the movie and I didn't pick up on it the first summer so you think it's this like purgatory or after you know mm-hmm. it's just all very very odd I think in the cartoon because there's a cartoon of Beetlejuice that went on for ages and the sandworms are like huge in it yeah, yeah but they mentioned I, I'm fairly sure they mentioned that at Saturn quite mm. a lot but it's just such an unusual thing you know where yeah. it's like why Saturn yeah mm. um so Tim Burton if you're listening why Saturn yes why indeed yeah. yes exactly but of course as well you have the whole sort of a, the emergence of the Tim Burton style where you have like these sort of outrageous like characters over the top characters mm. Winona Ryder looks like Helena Bonham Carter yeah basically, basically nearly I mean? every character that he did or yeah. every film he did there's always a certain kind of character and yeah or it's just like this uh, very sort of a uh, well, not always me, but you know, just a very it's kind depressed. Of, it's Disney got. Yeah, exactly. Like that's yeah. for people who might know. Tim Burton worked for Disney for a long mm. time. He was an animator there, and then he wanted to move into that's. That's why he. I think people probably thought he kind of seemed to nearly come out of nowhere mm. um, he was after I think it was Pee Wee's Big Adventure Pee Wee Harmon he was after doing yeah. before this wasn't it and then mm. he did Beetlejuice and then Batman straight away after mm. that and so it was a very stratosphere yeah. kind of a rise mm. Mm. but again it's just, like I mean that was the thing he kind of Jesus, I remember for years there was people who were just into the Tim Burton aesthetic because it was well, a the, very defined aesthetic. Like, I mean, even the sandworms you kind yeah. of look at them is they've got that black and white kind of striped thing well, going that's, on. I was saying that too. It was when mm. I was in our college, uh, someone said it to me. They were like, oh, your stuff always reminds me of Beetlejuice. And I was like, what? And then I was looking at it and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, you don't you do realise... black and white stripes. And yeah, you don't like realise how much of an impact certain yeah. things have on you when or, you're yeah, a kid you like, and it just fucking from. sticks in. But Tim Burton, what, like me, he still is obviously massive he's a very important director I don't think he gets enough credit for the cultural impact he's after having you see I think it happens the whole time if somebody becomes like too big people suddenly mm. go oh god I'm not interested in this anymore and I can actually remember when I went I went to college for film studies and um, there was a like somebody actually did their whole thesis on like you know sort of the art and the, the look of Tim Burton kind of thing the stylings of Tim Burton and it was that big at the time as well that was like whole sort of debates mm. were kind of generated around it and people were looking at this that the impact of them on cinema and on you know art in general well, it was very unusual and then after it just seemed to sort of people after I think the Nightmare Before Christmas people were just like well, I'm done with him now kind of thing. it yeah, seemed to the have Nightmare Before weird... Christmas is still massive though yeah, yeah it has a, no that's a huge yeah. cool following but after that I think everything seemed to tail off a little bit I think it was that it was a big whale or something mm. like that I never actually saw it myself but I think it was around that time people started kind of drifting away from although I think people were probably growing up you know you had people that were like goth kids mm. that were into and as well it is 
I don't know. It's like everyone has their their day um, mm. with stuff. Um, like Tim Burton, he's I I can't think of any film that I've seen of his that I would consider bad. Yeah. Um, not that I haven't seen all of them, but like I mean, it varied. Well, like the Mars Attack, I mm. think, is fucking a real underrated in the oh. film at the time it was my it's just so stupid and so funny and again it's got that so weird slapstick kind of thing it's got this mm. sort of a it's like real life cartoons or something like yeah. this that's the way I kind of you know the action I think that's a, with a lot of these like mm. I mean I th- I think he started getting a lot of attention well it's like Batman anyway but like mm. Edward Scissor's hand yeah um, hand hands uh, I think he became synonymous with you know it was that thing with Johnny Depp and working mm. with Johnny Depp and um, as well Helena Bonacar oh, it's Helena Bonacarter in Edward Scissor I've only ever seen Edward Scissor hand once uh, no it was Winona Ryder was in um, Edward Scissor oh was she as well yeah. um, but you know there was yeah. that kind of it's there was always the the freak for lack of a better mm. word or the outsider that he focused on mm. uh, with stuff and he probably still does I haven't seen the Tim Burton movie in quite a long time see that's time, the thing it, it seems to have sort of the I suppose the furore has kind of settled down a little bit because at one stage it just seemed like everywhere you looked there was like a Tim Burton film or there was Tim Burton inspired or you know Tim Burton art style and all this kind of stuff because it was it was huge for quite a long time there you know oh, it's um what one of these movies that I really liked was the one on Ed Wood yeah um, it just it's I wasn't familiar with Ed Wood and then I remember seeing the thing that there was like when we were growing up Sky did like Sky is a massive kind of mm. thing now but it was a new TV channel and I had had kind of shit yeah, stuff it was on like it at first terrestrial satellite yeah and yeah. there was like a rip off of Elvira used to mm. be on I think it was on a Friday night and you used to have stuff like Plan 9 from Outer Space and all those I remember seeing those movies on mm. they, they were they are terrible like yeah um, but they, they do have a certain charm mm. and uh, it was just you know then when I saw Ed Wood and I saw these it was like oh and he did a fantastic job in like humanising and maybe bringing to the forefront this person that was nearly kind of like seen as a joker a lot of people considered the worst director ever mm. and you can see oh this guy was full of passion he was actually really creative he didn't have any money he was working outside of the whole system yeah trying to film at night on a film set when they weren't being yeah. know, used during by the studios so during the day he kind of started guerrilla filmmaking yeah. and you know there was a lot of different bits and pieces that he did but you know he managed to bring that person out I think it might have got nominated for Oscars as well mm. um but that's, a, you know, I'd even forgotten he directed Sleepy Hollow and that fucking, that came out when I would have been like, not quite a child, but it still kind of freaked the head off me because of, um, what's his face? Fucking. Oh, Christopher. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> yeah. with his weird pointy teeth, like that mm. was, that was creepy as fuck. And it wasn't like, I mean, it wasn't overly violent, it wasn't. Do you know what I mean? Glory or anything like that, but it was still creepy as all hell. Like you know? it was, it, it's it's a, it's a very good film yeah. as well. I think it probably goes up Looking at the year it was released, actually nineteen ninety nine. Oh, well being and you know, sort yeah. of a grown person at that stage, you know, but it still creeped me out. Mm. You know, to the extent that, like, you know, sort of the headless horseman and all the rest of it. I still go. Ugh. But you look at Beetlejuice. There's mm. some stuff in Beetlejuice that is, I 
pretty quite horrific. scary yeah. um, especially when you're a child like the bit when Beetlejuice kind of really goes full throttle and he turns mm. into a snake and yeah. all that stuff where he's it looks like he's going to kill yeah it is quite There's, terrifying yeah. Like, yeah and he's a fucking horrific pervert as oh, well oh yeah like, like I mean he's, he wants to marry like Winona Ryder's character and she's a child but he's grabbing like Gina Davis by the mm. or trying to grab her by the snatcher you know and yeah. all this fucking shit and sure how they end up like placating him for a while is like they basically build a whorehouse um, in the little uh, oh. the model sort of town by the graveyard mm. and he's like I'll go in here for a while but it's he's, mm. he's a horrible character oh absolutely There's, I think it. it's the cartoon probably yeah I think that maybe him. kind of changed your perspective on it a bit mm. or you're remembering it as sort of like oh he was just you know a wacky funny yeah. guy he wasn't he was he was, he horrible. was, he was horrible yeah Absolutely Michael Keaton horrible. did a great job on yeah. him. apparently I was looking at the thing about the making of it and they were saying that um, well Michael like people didn't think Michael Keaton should have been doing same thing as people didn't think Michael mm, Keaton should Batman. have been doing Batman yeah. I think Michael Keaton was very underrated for mm. a long time and sure you won an Oscar didn't you for that Birdman thing oh yeah um, yeah and you know there is a new resurgence of Michael Keaton in films nowadays mm. there, there is um, you've seen it you know remember White Noise yeah that's a fucking amazing movie. Mm. Um, I've never seen that in the cinema. Not really knowing anything about yeah. it, just that Michael Keaton was in it. I mean, blow, it got torn apart, I oh, think, yeah. when it came out. But so that's what a lot of his films did, even though like he do, he plays his character so well. I don't know if you recall a film called Pacific Heights. Basically, oh, I do. He, yeah, he moves yeah, in yeah, as a tenant yeah. and he's just, he becomes increasingly more weird and fucking mm. more dangerous and all the rest. And the couple are like, it's oh Kurt Russell God. in that. Uh, I think it could have yeah. been actually is like how do we get this psycho out of our house like mm. oh my god but I, rem- I remember absolutely loving that film when mm. it came out and everyone's like oh it's a piece of shit but this, like, this is the hell? thing about Michael Keaton he's very uh, what's a versatile yeah um, but it's with the whole, he's like he's real talented like I mean the whole thing with Beetlejuice apparently he had lived an awful lot of stuff and mm. they just left him off to do and the big lines like it's showtime and all that was just mm. him going on it so this is the thing with Tim Burton as well I think Tim Burton is probably one of these uh, like you know there, there's something like Quentin Tarantino mm. is great at spotting talent but Quentin Tarantino's trick was getting like old, old talent, talent that yeah. was kind of forgotten about previously sort yeah. of yeah, big and fallen a little bit whereas Burton I think was very good at picking up on these people yeah. that were and he seemed uh, to get a lot of people on his own wavelength as well sure I mean he worked with Johnny Jeff for such a long time and it almost seemed like the two of them were just like the same person at one stage yeah like know? I mean I'm, we're looking at like lists of these I'm sure I think didn't he did he yeah so maybe he produced the Adams family Hmm. or something but he definitely had something to do with the Adams family didn't he and there was um, the whole thing with the Adams family what's that thing well he did it was Dark Shadows wasn't it which was sort of like the this kind of soap opera type thing do you remember the there was that, that film yeah, yeah but it's just there was because it's on um, Netflix yeah Wednesday that thing yeah he did oh, yeah. yeah yeah he hmm. did yeah he had stuff to do with the Adams family hmm. but you know that all those kind of things around that time they had that kind of Burton feel around when you look at the list of these movies like I mean guaranteed it's it's a lot but it's not like a ton really over hmm. a 40 year period 
Yeah, I said, oh God, my God, is it 40? It is 40. Yeah. Jesus Christ, oh my God. But, but the thing Just is... Just having an existential crisis over here, oh my God. They're all good movies. You yeah, know, the, the a, I think the only one that probably got really shit on was the remake, or was at the time was the reimagining of Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. was the start of the, the reimaginings. That was all right, as far as I remember as well. Yeah, I think it was because uh, Mark Wahlberg was in it, and mm. it was the time when Mark Wahlberg was kind of transitioning into being an actor, and a lot of people, people were still like, like, like oh, how are you? Serious actor, it. Yeah. but as well because it was like called a reimagine. I think mm. people were ready just to go for it, regardless yeah. um, of mm. what it was like. But yeah, it's by no means a bad movie mm. um, at all. But this is the thing, like we say with stuff a lot of time, like there, people forget that films are subjective, they're a form of art. So mm. you might think it's a piece of shit, but someone else will probably really, really, really like it. Well, that's um, the thing. I mean, like even Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I didn't particularly like Tim Burton's version of it. Oh, you said on the cinema with your dad, didn't it? Possibly. I or maybe know. it was Alice in Wonderland, I think. I remember you going in with your your yes. dad to one of those. Yes, but well, I don't, I don't, uh. actually, I think it might have been a Scrooge or something. like I don't know, but anyway, it mm. doesn't matter. But um, yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I just didn't like the way that Johnny Depp played the character. But that's because my Willy Wonka is Gene Wilder. Mm. And that's the one I grew up with. And I just, I can't picture anybody else in that role bar Gene Wilder. Mm. But I mean, to kids that are watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Tim Burton's version oh, sure, for the yeah. first time. I've never like, seen Oh it. my God. You um. know? I did. I didn't look at it. I wouldn't be it's something that I would really have any interest in at all. Sweeney Todd, did we see that? Yep, that was quite good as well. I Don't really enjoyed that. that. I love how you just got <laughs> silent. Just yeah, like, no, I'm oh, just looking at it. It's terrible. Yeah, great podcast material. I'm just looking at the list, kind of going. Oh, there's a lot of movies I yeah, haven't seen actually. I do probably up to Planet of the Apes. <laughs> there's kind of like I haven't really looked at it together. But but Beetlejuice. Yeah. Don't say it too often there now. Don't wear out his name. But I mean, as you said, even sorry, there is there's a slight tinge of horror, but it's just it's kind of cartoony as well. Because when they go to the afterlife, you know the waiting room in the afterlife, you see the other people that are waiting there, and it's like you know they're sort of like this girl that's after being cut in half, and her legs are separate to her torso, and it's just played off as this comedy thing where she can cross her legs independently of her body. But that's the thing, even with the. Like that, they don't get into. They don't mention. I think maybe they do mention at one stage, very briefly. Someone was reading through the the book for the, the recently deceased and mm. said something like, "Oh, like the after." It's like if you kill yourself, you end up working in civil service or something. Mm. It's very, you know, off the cuff. So you kind of you have to rewatch the film. I think mm. to probably pick up on it, or maybe if you're fucking like. If you just actually yeah, pay more attention, attention yeah, rather yeah. than us two do yeah. it. <laughs> but stuff like, you know, there is the receptionist in it. Mm. Like, I didn't pick up on it until we were looking at there. When she opens up, thing, you see she's uh, she slashed yeah, her wrists. Yeah. And she's their own, their, their social worker, I suppose, if you want to her call it that. She, yeah, 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 she slit throat. Like, but it's not done in a horrific fashion. It's just, you can see there was, there's a shadow or a weird mm. gash on her neck. And it's just like, well, okay, that's how she's, you know. I don't know why. So this time around, looking at it, she fucking cracked me up. Mm. There was she's a really old woman. She's like been in a fucking million things, mm. um. But there's a scene in it where there's a bunch of football players are after dying at a thing, and mm. they don't realize that they're. But they keep calling her coach. Yeah, they're like, "What um, do we do now, coach? What happened?" I don't know why, but that was I was just inside. I was fucking like. I really struggling not to laugh. It was just, mm. I don't know you know why sometimes there's certain just things, hits her funny bone. Yeah, and it was just. 
It's just ridiculous. You know, there's a lot of mm. ridiculous bits in it. Yeah. That well, sure, I think the thing so that well. I always end up fucking cackling about is um, there's uh, the lad that got his head drunk and it's just That's his so head good. is so ridiculous and he just looks so terrified in yeah. the eyes. And then you look over and there's also like the, the witch doctor. <laughs> the drunk like his head, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you don't read that. And like, it's just, and like how much of his shit Beetlejuice is, like the, the end scene where he's there and he's got like his ticket is like five million or something like that. And mm. you're man the head shrinker is like number four and he just takes it on yeah, <laughs> like, just like, oh, you can wait for another yeah. here, yeah. but it's I just with the head as well it's a special mm. effects yeah. the special effects have not dated that badly at for all film that's yeah over obviously a lot of it is done it's like you know a sort of real special effects as opposed mm. to CGI you know but like I mean the thing is as well there was that charm to it where they're not you don't look at it and go oh that looks real even at the time you don't that's not meant to be the point mm. the point is meant to be that it's it's over the top and hilarious yeah. and weird and you know yeah. sort of cre- a bit creepy but mm. funny at the same time like the sandworms they're done mm. that Harryhausen style mm. but they're deliberately done yeah it's, it's stop almost motion, like stop motion like, yeah. yeah um and as well just some of the stuff with Beetlejuice and but then when they do the horrific stuff, like with the the Matlins, when they do the thing like stretching their faces and all mm. that shit, or cutting heads off, they're actually really, really good effects. You know that yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're kind of believable. Even though, but that's the thing as well. They are kind of very comedic looking, which mm. takes away from the horrors. Like you know, some one of them stretches their mouth entirely like open, and their eyeballs mm. and their tongue are like hanging out of their mouth, kind of a thing. I think what works really is Gina Davis. Mm. It's the horror look. As well, because there's something always kind of very she wholesome. Looks, yeah, kinda, that's what I was going to uh, say. She's so, very innocent and very sort of um, naive, I suppose, is probably yeah. the best word. But yeah, she's always very like, golly gee, kind of a thing. Yeah. She, she's a bit like sort of, um, oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. She's got that kind of vibe about I, her. She's like, oh, I don't think we're in Kansas mm, anymore, kind of a thing. Well, like even the bit where she was after cutting Alec Baldwin's head off and she was holding it with a knife mm. in her hand and she's kind of got her face kind of grimaced. Yeah. But it looks like it's it's hard to say it looks like it's someone who's just trying to grimace yeah. as opposed to you know this is the whole like we're only saying it as well like Gina Davis at that stage mm. in her career was fucking massive huge she was exactly, I'm fairly yeah. sure like I not that the Oscars are on to be mm. like you know but like I'm fairly sure she got nominated if she didn't win an Oscar for mm. Telma and Louise yeah. and stuff but like she was in some great fucking things mm. um, and as well like uh, she was in the the good reboot of The Exorcist, the TV show. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, I don't want to spoil it, who she plays in it. But she is fucking fantastic mm. in that. Like, she was just a really, really good, solid actor mm. that it seemed her career just kind of stalled or something. Like, you know, it, yeah. it, it was really weird. Like, I, I, saw, I, I don't I know, know why. It like, seems she went on a huge, big, high trajectory and then it just, like, she vanished for a while or something. Yeah. Now, of course, I know if we actually went looking her up, which we probably should have done. She's I didn't know. She's, been she's working steadily yeah. away, like, you know. But it is, I think it happens to women. Mm. Actors more so. Yeah, you uh, hit a certain age, don't you? And all and of a sudden, you're, kinda, you're playing the granny and the sort yeah. of the, the stepmother and stuff like or that. Where, like, you have The Rock... Yeah. can continue being the rock for mm-hmm. fucking however long but like we are people can be versatile or whatever mm-hmm. but t- Tom Cruise although Tom Cruise I think is a, is a real anomaly now mm-hmm. um, 
Whereas, like, at the time, it was, like, Tom Cruise, say, fucking Bruce Willis, all these guys. Tom uh, Hanks, Arnold Schwartz, Yeah, Negra, for yeah. the everyman kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. these people were, they were just leading men, and it was like, they're going to go on and on yeah. forever and stuff. But you never really had that with women, um, which I think is a bit bizarre. Yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's always said that, like, you know, there's no room for, in Hollywood for women over a yeah. certain age. Like, once you're past, like, 30, even. Well, it's shocking, like, like. It is, but yeah. that's what I mean. You go from being sort of not quite the main character, but the main character's wife or girlfriend or love mm. interest, and all of a sudden you're like, as I said, you're like their mother, their grandmother, their stepmother, mm. or you're some supporting character. You're like the weird old woman. You're like, a, I don't know, an agent for an actor. You know, you're mm. always this quirky sort of side supporting character you're never mm. sort of leading lady again in your own right even though there's loads of like say a George Clooney who was like you know the older guy mm. and he can still get women that are like 30 years younger than him kind of a well, thing he's someone as well I think is after falling off I can't like I, I know, know he's consistently in films sort of but a, yeah. yeah a reference point you yeah. know what I mean but it's you always have that whole thing where like men can like play the leading man until they're 50 mm. 60 look at Sean Connery like you know? yeah. Jesus he was still like leading man getting women who were like young enough to be his granddaughter never mind mm. his daughter kind of his age but that's you know? because he just gave him a little slap indeed surely but uh, yes that's I suppose I don't know why we'll have to figure out yeah, yeah. but the but Gina yeah. she's fantastic in it yeah. uh, Alec Baldwin is actually he's he's Alec Baldwin in it but it's, isn't he, isn't she's he, actually he's an awful more, lot better. Yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah. not as he's not the kind of the wisecracking sort of uh, world weary sort of Alec Baldwin that you kind mm. of are used to from him being an older gent and in the likes of Thirty Rock and all that kind yeah. of stuff. He's kind of a, a bit of a. It was when dope. he was like going into leading man. Yeah. Um, areas like with such hits as The Shadow and. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so. But it was he just played this kind of uh, it was a bit of a doofus kind of a thing you know mm. he was just bumbling around a bit and she was sort of you know the wife was the one that was trying to right we need to scare these people out we need to get our mm. house back kind of thing she was the driving force nearly behind the whole thing well it's the th- like I mean they're probably in it the most mm. um, but like the people who you remember the most are like obviously Beetlejuice mm. but um, fucking Winona Ryder's character mm. when you look back at it it's like she's not in it a whole lot mm. she's in it for a bit but she's still you know you yeah, kind of think of her as being yeah. one of the main characters mm. like, which she is one of the main characters in it yeah. but like I mean that was like the world got introduced to Winona Ryder mm. and it's great that like she had a comeback with Stranger Things mm. as well because Winona Ryder was always like just a fucking an amazing actor mm. um, in a lot of unusual things yeah. as well that she did stuff that you kind of go fucking you know mm. that it wouldn't have worked for other people's career she didn't go into the Hollywood fucking system. No, she really, went very like. ballsy, I think, because well, yeah. she took a lot of roles that wouldn't be, her, as you said, your typical, you know, sort of leading lady kind of trajectory mm-hmm. or anything like that, which she could have done, you know, it wasn't that she was, you know, it was always that you're you're the sort of the, the main character's friend if you're a bit mm-hmm. quirky looking and you're the main character for good looking. She was like main character good looking. Oh, she was the main, I mean, but like know? main stuff like headers. Mm-hmm. She was like fucking, you know, it was... Because I, I can't remember exactly, but I think there was a lot of trouble with headers coming out at first, and I think they end up toning it down an awful lot. Mm. Jeez, at the end, Christian Slater is going to fucking blow himself up. Yeah. Um, and so, and like, I mean, they're killing people, like in high school, which I'd imagine if they try, oh, yeah, they, they, yeah. they try to remake it there. That's I know nowadays, it wouldn't really fly, would it? Yeah. Um, mm. But uh, then her career kind of 
went to say, and then she came back with a scanner darkly. Yeah. And it was like fucking, and that's a really fucking underrated film at all. Yeah. Uh, I, that's, although I can understand because it is kind of complicated. It's a good sci-fi film, but. And I think as well, the whole sort of the way it shot as well, I think maybe puts a lot of scoped. people off as well. Yeah. Well, I think it's just the thing as well. Cause it's, it's just a scanner really darkly. Unusual, and like yeah. Keanu Reeves, another fucking massively underrated actor. And at that stage as yeah, well, all these people, they were seen as, oh, they can't act. Yeah. Yeah, and it was all part of not not quite the Hollywood brat pack, but kind of a little bit. It was mm. like, oh, here comes Keanu Reeves, like blank of wood, he can't act. The man can act, like he wouldn't yeah. be consistently hired. Though, well, they all said that about Brad Pitt as well. Yeah. I think it was just that people were like, these people come along, they're not like Richard Harris, or they're not fucking kind of like. I don't know why yes, I said Richard yeah. Harris. Yeah, yes, I know. they're not thespians. Yeah, or they're not yeah, like not John. Ryan, yeah. Blessed. Yeah. yeah, and like I mean, it's no, they're more relatable. They're yeah, exactly. They're, they can actually lose themselves into a role and be believable, yeah. and people will relate to them. Going, oh yeah, that yeah. seems like I, you know, could happen to me. Because Keanu Reeves wasn't like that. Whoa, dude! <laughs> you know, yeah. that these fucking people just associated with Bill and Ted. Yeah, one character. Um, and like he got a lot of shit as well for Dracula. Hmm. I I really liked him in that. Now guaranteed as well. I read the um the Mike Bignola's comic book version of the right. film before okay. I saw the film, and I just had it. I don't know because he was he picked it so well that like that mm. comic book is fucking amazing. But like I really like Keanu Reeves Jonathan Harker because you you never get a, a sense that Jonathan Harker is a fucking brain surgeon anyway. Yeah. In the thing, and he's just this guy that's he's like a little bit innocent and a little bit easily led and then he's like oh alright I'll stay here well that's you see I think it, it was just easy at the time like film critics are always looking for sort of like you know the big headliner the, you mm. know, the one soundbite and it was always easy to just go ha, whoa dude you know yeah. that kind of thing it's like oh this is this guy like going whoa with Dracula and it's like mm. no actually if you watch the film it wasn't really it's just it's, it's very easy to just throw that mm. kind of same you know, slag. It's really what the Matrix. Like, I mean, the thing you see, Keanu Reeves is someone I think has been like constantly proving critics wrong. With and John Wick, mm. you know, and even like the Matrix Resurrections, he was pretty good in that. Mm. It was a resurrection, the the last one, um, part Revol- four. Revolutions. No, that was part three. Oh, sorry, right. Okay. I think I can't remember what the the new one. Uh, Resur- yeah, it was a resurrection or something mm. like that, but it's just. I don't know. What I'm saying. It's I just, don't know where you're going with this. Well, this is the weird thing. I, I know he's not in this movie, but mm. like with Renona Ryder as well, that mm. like Tim Burton obviously saw something in her. Mm. Um, and like, I mean, who would have, like, she went on to be yeah, massive through the 80s yeah. and the 90s. Yeah, sure. She was on the cover of every magazine when she, you know, in, her, in the 90s and stuff. She was at every party that was going. It was just like everywhere he looked, Renona mm. Ryder was there. I don't she think she went down the Drew Barrymore route of kind of cocaine and stuff. Yeah, didn't she have that whole that was shoplifting allegation and all that? Oh, that was yeah, that was mm. oh, that was yeah, that was when her career started. Kind of got, stalled yeah. It, yeah, and like I mean, I, I I can remember that in all the magazines and mm. stuff because it's sure this is fucking the way people are. They're always eager to fucking take exactly. Oh, there's a bit of gossip like, and yeah. it's negative. Oh, let's report uh, on it. Like yeah, and I can't remember if she actually did or she, but if she was, I'm sure it was some mental health kind of thing mm. at the time because like fucking people in that. Situation. They're not really supported in any. Yeah, and the pressure you know, under and constant like, scrutiny yeah, and all this and because that was the thing. Like, I mean, it's bad enough nowadays in social media, but everyone is on social media, so people are kind of used to having their mm, photographs. 
you know, available online. But back then it was like she was in every magazine and mm. she was on every stupid fucking MTV news slot or something like that. Yeah. I was like, it must be very hard to like, I don't deal know how with you that do level that being of a teenager going like, up. Yeah. I'm never having a, hmm. a minute, like, you know. That's away it, you from can't, things. like, I mean, you can't, literally, nowadays, uh, you can't go anywhere anywhere without being filmed. But back then it was like, you couldn't even sit and have a cup of coffee without, like, paparazzi, like, mm. papania or something like and that. And I think it's the whole Hollywood system, I don't know if it mm. probably hasn't changed at all, but it was quite predatory towards younger people yeah, anyway. And there was, yeah. they didn't give a shit, it was just people were turning over. Like, it, it's, it's kind of funny just because it's narrated by him, but Corey Feldman's um, mm. choreography, I think it's called is actually quite a good read or I listened to it on I was in hospital last year and I listened to it over like a day mm-hmm. um, and it was it's actually really good but it's shocking the shit and I, I don't the exploitation t- I don't stuff, think yeah. he's lying and I don't think he's kind of like you know adding legs on things it, it just it all just rings too true mm-hmm. and it's I don't see what the guy would have to gain from fucking Mm, still, still hammering on about that this many years later because it, it's more damaging to his career. Yeah, but he doesn't think. play the victim in it. Yeah. This is this is the thing about like for people, people laugh or at him and like I mean it's like like okay his music career is a bit. Yeah, like, I mean it's what but you he know, enjoys. He's, he's after doing some catchy songs yeah, and that's what just he what he's into. It's doing, just like, because yeah. it's it's a certain look or a certain style that has yeah. maybe fallen out of favor, I suppose, in recent yeah. years. People, it's I think it's you have it with um it happened with Macaulay Culkin mm. and what's the the kid that was in fucking um Sixth Sense yeah yeah Haley Joel Osment yeah. where people try and freeze frame you as a fucking yeah. an eight year old or a ten exactly, year old yeah. and, and then, don't allow you to be an adult like yeah you know? and like well like I mean with Corey Feldman there was some fucking horrendous shit that happened to that man like over his life mm. and because of his family as mm. well like his mother was just. And they all just exploited him, really. Mm. Um, but like I can imagine that you know that's a lot of people that don't talk about their experiences mm. probably had similar fucking kind of experiences as well in the Hollywood system, mm. unless they were kind of fortunate enough to kind have of have a really strong system yeah. around them, like yeah, protective system. Like look at Britney Spears, yeah, like she Jesus. just got fucking destroyed, really. Mm. And then when she was having a mental breakdown, it fucking everyone was just like, oh, look, she's shaving her, her yeah. head, and it's like Jesus Christ, somebody like intervene with this poor girl. Yeah, like, was the press not having a good yeah, time? If they were just like, oh yeah, because it was the way she was portrayed as being this um kind of a uh, Christian mm. kind of girl, school you know, girl kind all of thing, American yeah. girl mm. and then they're all looking at her and it's like fucking hell like this is I remember at the time being like I mean obviously it wasn't following Britney Spears's career but she mm. couldn't help but yeah it was always it was, it was in every magazine like, yeah. like that's the thing it was in newspapers and magazines mm. it was like reported on MTV news all of that kind of stuff you just couldn't get away from it like mm. you know and then well it was probably like 15 I don't know 10 years maybe 20 years later mm-hmm. I don't know when the whole stuffs are coming out about the um, the, the thing with her father kind of like having control over finances oh yeah and all the kind that, of the, not guardianship I can't think of the name of the particular yeah. word but yeah uh, but you know with all that and then mm-hmm. people were like oh free Britney or kind of really oh, mm-hmm. you know a lot now people are like but well you see that's because people are a lot more understanding of mental health and like you know, yeah. a bit more open and nuanced and read into things like whereas before like I mean there was a real weird culture in the sort of the late 90s early 2000s where it was just like not not the whole lag culture but a bit like that where it's just like you know oh yeah let's just laugh at everyone let's mm. get upskirts and let's like you know it was just 
a bit sleazy, I think that it was. was yeah, you know? for people that are outside mm. of like Ireland or England, they would remember mm. loaded an FHM and all mm. that. I don't know if they were over in America, but they were like Lots. called lads mags. Yeah. Um, where it was just all this kind of laddish behavior where it was like, oh, tits and yeah, beer yeah, exactly, and football yeah. and yeah. stuff. And like, oh, let's laugh at women a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know how we got on to talk about that. No, 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 I, yeah, yeah. But I suppose bringing it back to that, like I mean, Tim Burton wouldn't have read loaded. I yeah, but at the, like again, I'm just looking at it with sort of eyes kind of removed from the late eighties and all the rest. And as an adult, you're looking at it, and it is so creepy that Beetlejuice wants to marry. Yeah. and like everyone is kind of like rolling with it they're kind of like oh. no they're not no but I mean like it's just <laughs> you know she's there and he's yeah. she's, it's kind of like oh well if you marry me I'll you know I'll, mm. I'll leave the, I won't kill all these people and she's even herself she's kind of like I guess so kind of a thing mm. it's like you know it's just resigned to your fate mm. I don't mean rolling with this is in like all enthusiastic yeah. but just like this is a normal thing for a a weird undead semi-demon to well, do like the, you know Gina Davis' character was like we can't let that girl be alone with that pervert I know um, I don't, before he even mm. starts kind of going on about you know it's, I know but to have it be the central premise that he just wants to marry this young child. girl yeah. you know it's, it's just and still he's seen as like this like oh he's so funny and all the rest but I when think it's because of the over top actions and the, yeah. the mannerisms and all the rest well I think it's well because it's probably a bunch of kids looking at it mm. so when you're a kid you don't see like how yeah. disastrously horribly wrong this is that yeah. a grown man wants to like it's, marry it's just seen as like uh, a bit of a story kind yeah, of yeah it's kind of your like I mean kids play act of being married or you know let's play yeah. houses and all that kind of stuff mm. so I suppose looking at it from a childhood kind of perspective it would be a little bit more innocent than looking at it from an adult perspective yeah. you're like whoa whereas like oh he's, a, he's a child molester yeah but then saying that we talked about it or maybe did we talk about it but the whole thing about with Freddy Krueger where mm. Freddy Krueger went from in the first one he was a child molester and a child murderer yeah which I think it was like he was just a killer of children and I was like oh that's alright that's not yeah dumb. that's not as bad yeah yeah <laughs> um, whereas at least he's not we can have him as a hero now yes yeah he only kills children he doesn't actually molest them so yeah. that's all good and fine and dandy whereas I thought that if they had to go with the, in the remake that mm. they did with um oh what you played Rorschach in the thing mm. but he ended up looking like a fucking a, a chocolate fucking button yeah, <laughs> melted um where they were going to do it originally where it was like he was falsely accused and the parents killed an innocent mm. man he wasn't after doing that and the real killer got caught mm. later on or it turned out that the kids were making it up mm. um for so he was like getting revenge then he kind of went yeah fucking you know he's just justified in his revenge mm. speaking um, of child molesters do do I have it right in you know the father oh what didn't he, he have um, some uh, terrible accusations levelled at him as well um, he kind of ruined his not just his career but uh, uh, quite a lot of lives and all the rest so. um, well Jeffrey Jones well he was in yeah. a load of things he wasn't he, he was I know, he went on to do Deadwood or something like that I think anyway as well but oh uh, yeah, I think yeah. it was the um He had uh criminal criminal offences. Yeah, that was what it was. I, I do remember Possession of weird. child pornography and soliciting a fort this is off Wikipedia now. Um mm. and soliciting a yeah, fourteen. I, I don't necessarily sexually explicit yeah, want to get into it too much, but it is just you know, he was the principal in Ferris Bueller and he was mm. seen as again as this comedy actor and then this like dark kind of thing comes out about him and it's just like Whoa, creepy. Mm. Oh, the, the charges mm. were dropped. Mm. Um, oh, he got five years probation, though, and mm. stuff. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, he was arrested a few times after yeah. that thing as well. well yeah, he did. was in um, Howard the Duck as well. Yeah. And I remember, he, he was really creepy in that. I remember I never really liked him mm. after. I think that was, might have been one of the first films I saw him in. I remember seeing that in the, the cinema, actually. We must do Howard the Duck at some stage. Mm. Um, and there just always was. Yeah. That, but does he see, um, I, I, again, I would have loved Ferris Bueller's Day Off and I would have thought he was hilarious as the principal because, you know, you have it's that whole, again, it's looking at it from the child's point of view where it's like the dean is, he's just getting so frustrated at like this kid, like, you know, kind of getting one over on him and mm. everything and he's just so annoyed and everything goes so badly wrong from him, you know, sort of falling over fences and getting attacked by dogs and all that kind mm. of thing. Like, oh, yes. And, uh, Take that. Dean. Exactly, yeah, but that's, you know, it's all set up like that. But then I remember when I heard about this, I was like, oh, <laughs> yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big yikes. But um, yes, anyway, sorry, back to, we keep on going off on huge tangents here, back to Beetlejuice. Yeah, well, I suppose we work on the same mm. Beetlejuice, basically like a pedophile. Although maybe Beetlejuice is just kind of like simple or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and he doesn't just... realise... What marriage is? He just wants to hold hands. <laughs> or how old she is? Maybe there's some kind of thing in the ghost realm. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, invisible. To and age. maybe Liddy is actually a lot older than. Then we give her, yeah, then yeah, we kind of think or something. Maybe she was like, or maybe in that state, kind mm-hmm. of like child marriage is legal. Yeah, well, let's get away from the whole child no. marriage thing, I suppose. But I, another thing I suppose I thought was quite hilarious was um Catherine O'Hara's character because yeah. it's basically it's it's the same character as like you know. Shades Creek, yeah. except when she was like a younger woman. It's just it's bizarre she how it's is carried very, through. Very good it. She's hilarious, yeah. and it's like the over the top outfits and like you know, oh, I'm creating my art, and it's just like so bizarre. I bet you didn't notice. There's one bit in it where, uh, they have a shot where it's like um the the father is upstairs in a Christmas jumper. Mm-hmm. and he's sitting around doing stuff and then it goes to the next day and she's wearing a mad pair of red pants where she's cooking stuff in the kitchen oh gosh were they the repurposed jumper it was his jumper yeah <laughs> she's wearing <it. laughs> so you know there's weird yeah. little bits and pieces and like that which I think is very much like the mother in Shits Creek mm. or that. but but she is great like I mean yeah. it was only after because like I always had it in my head about her being like the mother out of Home Alone mm. and you kind of forgot about her in um like stuff like Best in Show and yeah. all you know she's a fantastic that. comedic actor yeah. you know it's just unbelievable and it just it kind of played so well because she was she was so such a horrible character but still likeable yeah you know horrible in that sort of like you know she's totally removed from the normality of everyday life and you know they've managed to ignore their daughter to the point where the daughter is like wanting to commit suicide as such mm. she wants to become undead just to get away from a horrible drab boring life well, this, the, the thing is what I was looking um, at so like say we'd be Gen X mm. and like, very I mean, tail of Gen X yeah. right? we're nearly we're more or less Xenials but all that would be like yeah. the Gen X stuff like yeah. say Lydia would have been a Gen Xer absolutely well, yeah just yeah. you know sort of very self-sufficient and ignored by her parents kind of a thing and just yeah. get on with things it's yeah. where they used to be called over in America they used to call them latchkey kids yeah um, and she would have been very much where it was that thing where it was like all like I mean we didn't well I suppose we could have had it to a certain extent it was kind of a thing where kids were left to do yeah um 
after your off own to, devices, off, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's just like, bit, whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, we've gotten you past the age like six, off you go, do whatever yeah. you want, and just come home by 10, you know, sort mm. of be home before it's dark. And, and like, as well, over in America as well, like, I mean, I wouldn't have been saying in Ireland because divorce was illegal in Ireland mm. up until kind of like a while ago, um, but you had a lot of people separating. Yeah, um, and two houses as yeah. well, like, you know, so, and the kid was kind of bouncing mm. between the two houses and not really sort of fitting in anywhere. Yeah, so you see that in a lot of movies in the yeah. 80s where it's, I suppose it's a thing looking back on it from a historical point of view now where it's, it's a good, very, very good depiction of mm. what like life would have been like for a lot of people in the 80s mm. with that thing with the stepmother. Yeah. Uh, or step all of these like know, blended families that yeah. you know and didn't quite blend successfully enough that the kid felt you know sort of mm. that was always the premise as well the kid is yeah. like two homes but not really at home anywhere as well you had this big psychological movement going on at the time where it was about loving yourself and kind of look looking after yourself and mm. you know where it was nearly you forget about other people. It was a very mm. selfish kind of thing. It was, I mean, like, yeah. it was always like the, the me thing, you know, it was mm. like greed is good, you know, that whole yeah. 80s thing as well, you know. And I'm like, all right, I've got mine. Yeah, you had your kids that mm. let them off to do, you know, they shouldn't be dominating your life. You know, yes, it was I very, am. very... To live, live my life yeah. kind of a thing, yeah. Um, and I did a lot of those movies, whereas I think you have the Spielberg... Um, yeah, the really thing. wholesome thing. Yeah, yeah, but Spielberg always got like in a lot of Spielberg's movies, you'll see that it's like say families dealing with financial difficulties, yeah. which was a thing as well that there was a big fucking depression Huge in the eighties yeah. as well, um, globally nearly. Mm. Yeah, but over in America as well, like the Goonies, it starts off people are losing their house, and there's a lot of that, and where mm. someone stays in a house or they can't afford to pay something, so people enter into competition or yeah. they get caught up in some adventure to try and get some money, money for it. Scheme, like, yeah. yeah, and then you have it like with the Tim Burton kind of thing more so, and like in weird way, David Fincher nearly carries on that tradition like with Fight Club mm. where it's like well these are all these kids grown up now and they're men and they're fucking they're, they're still lost a, they're still adrift exactly, yeah because yeah. they never had really anyone to teach them how to be men or how yeah. to and then when they know. got out in the world there was nothing waiting there for them as well you know yeah. it was always like go to college and study and have a great mm. job and it's like no you'll end up working in some shitty fucking gas station or something like uh, that because that's not all that that's around but you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah not, I know but you know mm. everyone promised great things yeah, well, all you do is yeah. you come out with college debt and you go into a low paid job that you can't yeah. afford to pay your college and just, debt I think it is in Fight Club that they say it isn't oh we're all told that we're going to be rock stars and yeah, then it's like it, we're yeah. just like what the fuck like, yeah, yeah. just out here pumping gas kind yeah. of thing. but that's I mean a lot of Tim Burton films are like that I mean this is actually a film that I was just only thinking today we should be covering at some stages Edward Scissorhands it's the ultimate like loner you know he's mm. kind of shunned by everybody and it's he trying to find his way in the world and just trying to find someone who will accept him. And he's obviously very different and all that. Mm. So that's a lot of the central themes, themes mm. I think, of Burton's films. He dies at the end of that, doesn't he? Uh, I think so, yeah. No, we'll have to rewatch Does it. Does he? We'll have to rewatch it. He doesn't. Sure, well, there's a happy end. But that's the thing with the Burton's films as well. There's mm. that Disney mm. thing in it where it's. It's dark Disney nearly, yeah. but but there's a happy end. Mm, sometimes. Yeah. Well, uh, mm. oh, well that's but, uh, mm. yeah. Beetlejuice sit and get his bride, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know, yeah. Yes, well, I mean, the happy ending for Beetlejuice is they all decided to float around the house and sing. Mm. But that, yeah, but this is the thing as well. Even though Beetlejuice gets eaten by a sandworm, he still shows up. <laughs> At the, you know where it is mm. to see and it's like of course they're all dead like yeah. isn't there there's not, you can't kill anyone yeah. deader than dead like yeah, yeah. so true. you know where it does have that mm. kind of nice cartoonish quality too where it's mm. like you can do anything to these people that they're mm. just going to 
Yeah, they're still, they'll just be dead. The yeah. spirits, yeah. The yeah. yeah. But yeah, I suppose, yeah, that's it for this week. Mm. Um, no. So I hope you enjoyed Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, Beetlejuice. I, 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 we, we start planning out a little bit more ahead. And I think we, we might start saying it either on social media or mm. saying it on the podcast for people that are listening about what we're going to do so you can watch yeah, uh, beforehand. Watch exactly. Rather than like, like, surprise, motherfuckers, yeah, we watch this. Yeah, <laughs> see what you think about it afterwards. But yeah, as always, like go over to our social media and mm. Instagram. Um mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was trying to think because I was going to do a newsletter and blog and things. Oh yeah, and our YouTube channel. We yeah, would definitely absolutely. start putting stuff on YouTube. We've been saying that for ages. Yeah. And thank you for listening. Yes, thank you very much for listening. And until next week, Arrivederci.